0: So last last time we spoke about shaitan a little bit moving on to Here he says playing games recreation and obsession of dunya He says that uh, one of the best ways that the Qur'an to refine our soul, to refine us uh, one of the best ways that it incorporates in its call to that which matters, which is the akhirah, is that it lets us know two things number one, that we're not created to play We're not here to play, number one. That's a general rule. Mankind and playing, these two are kind of antithetical to each other. Playing is okay, but we're not created for that. And so, that's the general rule. And then it specifies examples of that. The most important example of a playground according to the Qur'an is what? الدُّنْيَا لَعِبٌ So on one hand, sometimes you tell somebody to stay away from you know, harmful things, right? You give them that general rule. Sometimes you tell them, hey, you gotta stay away from harmful things, and then you actually identify, this is harmful, this is harmful, this is harmful. Stay away from harmful things because you're going to hurt yourself. And by the way, this is harmful, this is, you've done all the job for that person, all that's left for that person is to just stay away from that thing, right? Uh, they don't have to put too much effort anymore. Sometimes, no, you just give them the general rule. Identifying examples of that rule is on you. The onus is on you. Here, the Quran makes the job easy. He's saying, He says the Quran lets us know, hey, playing and you don't really mix too much. Once again, playing for a 25, 20, 15 year old, fine. But you can't be 60 and still be playing, man. Okay? Play, and then it lets us know that the essence of dunya the essence of it so here this is where age won't really make a difference anymore the essence of dunya is that it's a playground in other words a 60 year old will have their own form of playing and a 20 year old will have their own their form of playing and so on all right so it specifies all of this for us it makes the job easy so that we can actually focus on what matters is to not not think that we have to just chase and pursue what playing in this life all right He says the, a sign that this dunya, all in all, is a playground, okay? As a playground. So I, th- I hope I'm clear. Playing is one thing, right? You want to play video games, you want to play some basketball, football, that's fine. That's one thing. But no, no, no. The goal of life being just to play. Right? My objective is playing. That's a different thing. I hope we're, we're understanding here. There even a six-year-old can play still. Not video games, but his in his own way, he's still playing. The way he's dealing with this dunya that he's in is still seen as playing. Now, he says the sign of this dunya being a playground, actually, is that the more you play in it, what? The more you're not fulfilled, the more you want to play. Just like video games, I don't know about you guys, me in the time of Jahiliya, yeah? right? Uh, Whatever it is, video games, sports, whatever it is, you get so into that thing that you're playing that when they call you in, and this always happens in Sunday school, when you call the kids in, <laughs> they look at you like, What are you doing? What kind of zulm is this? You're like you played for twenty minutes, time to go. Twenty minutes passed, like two minutes, and so they want more, right? They want more. So the same thing happens. He says, Look, the sign that is the sign of something being a game of you playing. The fact that you never get, you know, full, you never get satisfied. that You want to do more. We see it all the time with our kids. Says the same thing holds here. I've given you the example a million times. The guy has a hundred pairs of sneakers, he still wants to collect more. He says, I need this, I need that pair. You don't need nothing. (laughs) But it's a need now for that person. The fact that you don't get satisfied shows that this is the sign of it being a playground. That's very nice actually, the Jawadi points this out, I really like it. He finds what the essence of play- games is, and then he says, we find that also in the dunya. So that means the dunya is also a playground. So the verse of the Qur'an is one reason why we say the dunya is a playground. Another reason is because we find the same thing that we have in video games, we ha- find it in the dunya as well. That you're just not satisfied, you just want more and more. You live in Iran, right? You're like, oh, I want a Pecon. You know what a Pecon is, right? Never drive a Pecon, please. It's a car built there. They discontinued its manufacturing, actually. They discontinued. You don't find those uh, being made anymore. Anyway, back then, people had Pecon or they had a peraid, it's called, which is a little car, nothing special about it. I still remember 20 years ago when I went, they said, when we got in the off, off the plane in the airport, they're like, you're going to go with your uncle, the rich one because his car is good, so I'm coming from here and a good car to me has a special definition, right? So we get into the car, I'm like, what's this toy car? (laughs) Is this what they were talking about? The engine's the size of my fist. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Right, so this is a uh, what's it called? A person who's there when he's living in his peykan, he's like, man, all I want is one of those peraits, you know, the one, that little engine. A little bit of time passes, they're like, Okay, no, you know what, I really need this car. And so it just keeps going on and on. And then, so myself now, back home when I was there, yeah, that was everything, like, that car was like, okay, that was the ultimate goal. You come here, you're driving a different type of car. And then now all of a sudden, your standards change, you're like, oh, this is the minimum, there's a maximum here. But no, 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 the minimum here was like ultra maximum there. You should be good to go. Now I'm not. I'm just using this as an example. Uh, Alhamdulillah, I'm not like that. I'm very happy with what I have compared to what I had back home. Yeah, but uh, what I'm trying to say and illustrate here is that it just—it's never ending, really. It's never ending. And that's one other. Re- it's pretty hot in here. Can we turn that off? It's uh, one of the reasons why I like our kids to sometimes experience that side of the world. Let alone grow in it. I mean, if they can grow in it a little bit, that's even more better. But even if they can't, just to experience, just to live, just live in, the, in those situations, go on the lesser trip, go on other trips, have to use that little hole in the ground as a bathroom, you know, have to wash their own clothes, all of that, so an, a sense of appreciation is developed, because if you don't see the worst situation, you're always looking at the better side of things. You're never gonna You're never going to be satisfied. Anyway, that's one way he explains it. Another way he explains it is like that famous, and that first explanation, playground, comes from Quran. With Hadith, he uses to to show that yes, the dunya also, how it never it's never ending, and how it will get control of you versus you control over it. He says, when you drink, uh, like for example, purified water, right? You are in control of this. You ingest it and then digest it, right? You swallow it and then you, it's digested and it becomes part of you and it helps you out. You're in control of it. After you drink it, you don't need to drink anything else. But the opposite is seawater. He says with seawater, it's going to be in control of you. You drink it, you need another glass because it doesn't quench your thirst. It's 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 sour. It's salty, excuse me. Mathalu dunya, mathalu ma'il bah. that, that the parable or example of the dunya is that of the water of the sea. The more you drink from it, when you're thirsty, the more you get thirsty until it kills you. Until it kills you. Yes. He goes on. He says, and you all know these things that we're covering, these are just reminders for us. Imam Ali Nahjul Balaga minha shay'an illa fatahat biha." That this dunya keeps opening its doors to us. When a person reaches that thing that they're after, what happens is that a hirs, an obsession is added to this person. You want more, you just can't stop. Okay. بِحُبِّكَ in, in, in Du'a Kumaila, what's that line? This word is used in? lahijah. So it can be a good thing, it can be a bad thing when you're obsessed with something. And so he makes a nice point here, Ayatollah Jawadi. He says, when he's kind of concluding from this part of his talk, he says, he says, look, the fact, the fact that you go after something so much, and you have it, just like food, okay? And you keep having it, yet you're hungrier after it shows that that thing was actually not food, not what you were after. It's all an, an illusion, that's what it is. Yeah, I'm using the word illusion here. It says, just from this we should understand that okay, it's not worth it then. It's not what's going to feed me actually, it's not food. Now what makes things even worse is that, after all of this, you have to leave whatever you have achieved and accomplished as well. That khutbah in Nahj al goes on, it says, So he says, he says, it reaches a point where now it's time to actually, all of this trouble you went through and all of this thirst that you kept having, you know, you've seen these athletes, how much thirst they have. The guy's a millionaire, he still needs more for some reason. It says, it reaches a point where he has to say goodbye to those things. Firak, separation, of what he's accumulated, and the untying of the knots that this person has, not, not, has, has tied. In other words, everything that you did is undone with your death. That's what it ends with. And to illustrate this part of it now. He says, "Okay, the Quran said dunya laib, right? We talked about it being a playground. What about the second part of the verse? What was the second part? Laibun wa lahu. What's lahu? Lahu is entertainment and recreation and stuff like that." He says the sign of the, 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 the dunya being lahu is that you spend all your life yes, accumulating, accumulating, but it goes just like that. And it's very painful. Recreation, ed- entertainment. When you go to Chuck E. Cheese, you've spent so much time to save up money. In two hours, you go through a hundred bucks. Just like that. That's how recreation is. Now it's sometimes it's worth it for somebody. Yeah, they will save up some money for some recreation, for some vacation. But at the end of the day, you you've been working for a year, and living off of your income, and you've been saving saving up for this. And with one week with a, with a one week vacation, you go through a lot of what you saved. Then you're done. That that's recreation for you. That's vacation for you. Yeah. Another example is with these people who go for a thing. This is the worst example. They go to Vegas, right? And uh, <laughs> They just like that lose everything, yeah. Just like that, they gamble everything away, yeah, and they're left with nothing. He says, "This is the essence of recreation, entertainment, that kind of thing. That's what it is." And so, if we find this essence anywhere else, that means that's also lahu. He says we find that in the dunya. All of a sudden, everything's gone in a matter of seconds. Do I need to give you another example about the helicopter crash? And that was crazy, man. This guy has done everything, and I respect him personally, Kobe Bryant. I respect him. The guy, I mean, he had reached the point, you know, when I went to Iran when he was a, a few years into the NBA, and you would see him when he was younger, he was like 17, 18 in the league. The guy's young, he doesn't know what he's doing. But then after he's retired, you, you see him after I come back here, I come back to this part of the world, I see his, the wisdom he, he, he has when he's speaking. You're like, wow, this guy actually grew and matured. Thing is, this person, like he has really accumulated everything, everything is ready for him to now live the rest of his life at peace and harmony, you know, with his family, and to spend his money the way he likes, and of course he was doing good things with his money as well. Okay. But what happens? Uh, just like that. Boom. finished. Just like a person who gambles everything away, right? I'm not saying it was in his hands, but that's not the point here. The point is, that is a possibility. Alright, so we find the essence of entertainment and recreation and gambling, whatever you want to call it, the word for that is lahu, lahu. You find the same exact thing that makes that up, makes that what it is, you find it here. Okay, so then you can apply the same rules here as well. Alright, it is lahu. And so he goes on, someone might ask, well what is the definition of dunya? We've talked about this here and there, you know, before in other places. What is the definition of dunya? He says dunya is that which makes you busy, and makes you have fun, makes you, ha- makes you busy with things. Anything it's going to be, makes you busy and diverts your attention from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or trying to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When I go to work, If I go to work, I'm doing that because I want to make a halal living. So, if I want to make a halal living, that's part of Allah. That's part of getting close to Allah. So that's not going to be dunya anymore. But the moment that work becomes a means of me, what? Filling my time with, you know, uh, a means of me trying to make something so that I can have fun later on. I don't care about the halal and haram part. I just care about you know having money so I can buy what I like, and that's about it. That is dunya for some people. For some people, he says it's the wealth. For some people, he says it's the knowledge. Right? I hate to share this with you all, but this this is becoming a problem as well. I know people, like almost firsthand, that <clears throat> the only reason he's gone to a seminary to learn Islam is because he's noticed that. He doesn't have much of a following if he doesn't have those credentials. So he told like a friend of mine that, yeah, I'm going because they don't take me serious until I go to Hosa. Whoa, 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 who cares about that, you know? Who cares? And you would never think that, and I'm saying this while I'm the worst person in the world, okay? I'm not exonerating myself of anything, of any badness when you sit in these Akhlaq classes in Qom for example, and these great scholars are speaking to you about how, hey, a time might come, you have to choose between dunya, akhira, Allah, and other things. Uh, you might even have to choose between pursuing divine knowledge, right, religious knowledge for Allah or for other things. You're like, who's going to make such a dumb mistake? Who's going to sell their time to get this in return? but something that's not going to give them akhirah, because the reason he's going to study is because people don't take him serious. yeah. So knowledge, this becomes dunya, that person's dunya. This becomes that person's dunya. Right? And so later on we'll see uh, what he's going to talk about, about how we can tell if what we're after is dunya or not. He has a little thing that he, he shares. But I think we all know, if we look deep down inside we can tell what is dunya, what is not, and what we're pursuing. We don't need to go too hard on ourselves though either. Alright, for now we stick to the wajib and haram. When a person wants to elevate themselves a little bit more, these are matters to take into consideration, yeah? He says, the sign, if I want to tell whether what I'm doing is for dunya or akhira, or if what I'm doing falls in the category of dunya or akhira, he says, let me read off of it. He says, because of this, every, every moment, this person should weigh what they're doing in the scale of God. But is it for dunya or akhirah. How do I know? He says, one of the signs is this. You can find your, uh, there's other ways of figuring this out as well. As I said, if we look deep down inside, usually we can figure it out. But he says, look, this is important for us as a community as well. He says, if I, that what I'm doing right now, if someone else was to do it, would I be happy or I still want to do it myself? Right? <clears throat> if, for example, I'm sitting up here lecturing and I know there's somebody else that's more qualified than me that can speak about the same topic. There's someone, let's not even talk about qualifications. There's someone who has actually practiced what he's preaching versus me who doesn't practice what he's preaching. Am I willing to step aside let him do his job? Yeah. You know you, you know the famous story I've told you before this for I'm sure. Imam Khomeini at the house of Ibrahim Amini, Ayatollah Ibrahim Amini. Yeah, he's you, you you all should even have heard his name because Ayatollah Ibrahim Amini lots of his books have been translated to English. Yeah, he says I I had invited them over way back when they weren't very like as famous as after the revolution and stuff and I asked a philosophical question to see what they say and what their response is going to be. I didn't uh, address any of them with the question. I just asked the question. I didn't say, or what do you think? I just said, what do you two think? They were both quiet. He didn't ask me to say it. Right? Why? Because this is, this is what they're all about. I mean they've instilled this in themselves. It's not like they're sitting there calculating right now Wait, 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 if I answer, like he might answer, so let me just let him answer. He's like, why should I even talk when there's somebody else, you know? They've reached that point where they don't care about what people think, what's going on around them too much, right? I'm not saying that care, it's good to be oblivious. No, no, all I'm saying is that when it comes to giving importance to things, they've figured it out. They're in touch with Allah, they don't care about these little uh, petty issues of who's going to take the mic, who's going to say this. Who's going to be in charge of this program? Who's going to be running this center? Who's going to be taking? Who's going to be reciting? You know this know-how, that know-how. Okay, it's good. These are things that have soab. It's good to you know compete a little bit. But all in all, like, am I? When someone else is reciting, what, what's going through my heart? Yes, I, I. We hear the stories of how some people they say, I. I need to have that mic. No, you don't need to have that mic. Who said you need to have the mic? Yeah, this is just an example, I'm just saying. Like, it just reaches a point where this becomes the idol. No, so that's dunya. According to this uh, standard that he just gave us, this is dunya. Am I going to teach that class? Am I going to be this? Am I going to be that? If someone else is doing it, are you going to be upset or happy about it? This is, this, is where, this is everything that matters. If I know that uh, my, another sheikh that I know is doing a program and it's doing its job, with our younger generation, for example. I'm not going to start to do something that to take away his people. You're doing a good job. Alhamdulillah, that's res- less responsibility for me. Drink your coffee with the sheikh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> if the job is something good, if that act is something good, and I don't allow it to happen, or I'm not happy that others are doing it, he says, it shows that uh, I want myself, I don't want the good action. In other words, I don't want akhirat, I'm after dunya. In other words, I don't want Allah, I want myself. That's what it is really. Yeah? Is, uh, these are things that, you know, have to keep in mind when we're in a community especially. He says, for example, a person who, the time for salat comes, and this person is uh, busy studying and doing bath and discussion on even uh, you know islamic sciences and religious studies and doesn't pay attention to the time of salat this person will become an alim yes but they will not become an alim rabbani right they will not become alim alim nurani there's no nur there why because you got the knowledge but was that the, was that was that what the goal was the goal was akhirah it wasn't that knowledge is your dunya Because if you had gotten your priorities straight, you would understand that, okay, you stop this for that, and then you continue after. yeah. And then he goes on to speak about a little bit of preparation for the journey to the Akhirah. This dunya, if it's something we're going to go through, that we're not supposed to leave our hearts in, uh, it talks about preparation for the Akhirah. Just some hadiths here, once again you've heard some of them. Um, an an example that he'll give and an explanation that we'll have and then we'll end it. He says says usually usually this is the case that uh, the problems that we have are because of the dunya and how much we've attached to it in a way that as if this is forever. And so he starts sharing these hadiths with us. He says that that hadith says, عَنَ الدُّنْيَا وَإِلَى الْآخِرَةِ Nuzza, I think it means from cleanliness and to wash your hands of something. It says, wash your hands of dunya, not earth. Not earth. Not making a halal living. Not having fun. Wash your hands of dunya. What was the definition of dunya? That which is a distraction from Allah, right? We have to get our definition straight, inshallah Wash your hands of dunya and have wala towards akhirah. Wala means that obsession. You just lose your mind over it as if <clears throat> uh, tahayyur, that kind of thing. Where you're just like, as if you're dizzy. One of the roots of the word Allah, right, they say it's either al-ilah or from the root of hamza Lam, and Ha or from the root of Waw, Lam, and Ha Waliha that people are just in love with so much they've lost their minds over Allah is the one people are just in total uh, what's the word for it? Um Walah, Chimisha me yeah when someone has valah yeah, they're just uh, they're totally dizzy about something. They just lost their mind over it, kind of, if I'm not mistaken. Infatuation. All right. Yeah, infatuation. I would say that's a good one. That's a good one. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, and, there's, and those of you who've seen babies, how they are when you want to nurse them and you want to give them the bottle. How does? Huh? <laughs> no, no, we don't want to go that far. <laughs> just we'll stop at infatuation. <laughs> after OCD we'll say mental case, and then we'll say, yeah, no, no. Um, but the example for this, natural Balagha, Imam Ali says, look, I, the baby, when you see this baby, when, as the baby screams her head off, right, just so that you give them the bottle, right, and when they give them the bottle, they take it, right, the, mm, they just like, they make that sound, mm-hmm, you know, that kind of sound, the baby version of that, and so they start nursing, right, as if all the problems of the dunya have ended, with this bottle. Ali <laughs> <laughs> ibn Abi Talib says that, uh, look, me, the way I long for death and I'm quote-unquote infatuated with death, is like that baby and that bottle, right? So that's what this hadith is saying. Wash your hands of that, get this. As a matter of fact, one might be able to conclude from this hadith, the only way you can go crazy for that is if you wash your hands of this. So in other words, you can't say, I won't wash my hands of that, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try to secure this as well. No, that's not going to work. It's either or. They're mutually um, exclusive. تجهزوا, another hadith, Nahjul balagha this is important. Tajahazu rahimakumullah faqad That Imam Ali, it says, every night after Salatul Isha' before the, those who were praying would leave the masjid, Imam Ali would shout out to them, تجهزوا rahimakumullah. اللَّهِ You're going home? Hey, take provision. Prepare for a journey. You take provision for a journey, right? Take provision. May God have mercy on you. Like I'm saying this out of love for you. May God have mercy on you. I'm saying this so that you don't make a mistake others have made. Make sure you take provision. Why? What kind of journey are you talking about? Is there a journey? He says, yeah, it's a journey. Why? Because فَقَدْ نُودِيَ You hear the bells ringing? You know when you're like uh, in these train stations when the when the train wants to depart, right? Some sound is made, some noise is made. He says, "I can hear the bells ringing, like it's it's the the departure is already uh, commenced, right?" But if you want to be ready, decrease that inclination that you have in staying here and just clinging on to here, this dunya once again. All right. That's the job. Here he asks a question, but he doesn't answer it. I want to answer it. All right. He says, "It fikum.' Says, I there is a call amongst you that you all can hear, maybe that, or maybe you can't hear that uh, the train is moving. It's time to move on. This caravan is on its way out." Okay. He says, "Who's the caller here?" He says. This caller, is it the Allahu Akbar as we say and the La ilaha Illallah illallah's we're here that, you know, when we're taking a janazah to the grave? Is it this that's calling us? Is it, you know, is it coming out of the mouth of a human being? Is it something that a person themselves can feel? Is it something that an angel is saying? What is it? I personally feel that it's everything. Everything around us is telling us, Every, because everything is temporal in this life. So everything is telling us that it's time to go, or it's this close for a t- the time, has come this close for you to go. And I said this hadith a few days ago, I don't know where it was, anything that is coming and is going to come and arrive, right? eventually is going to arrive, is close. Hadith by Imam Ali again. atin qaribun. Anything that's eventually going to arrive is close, even if it's a million years from now, when it arrives, you're going to be like, whoa, that was quick. Right? So if Imam Ali says, look, I can hear it, it's close, it's happening right now, you're like, oh, I got 50, 60 years. No, you d- first of all, you don't know about that, but even if you did, that's nothing. It's nothing. So everything around us is telling us that we're going to be here for 50, 60, 100, 200 years. Yet? Yeah. So I think the caller is everything around us. It's just, you know, it's those Allahu Akbar's and La Ilaha illallah's they say when they're burying somebody. It's that time when I get into an accident, that nice car I got was all—it looks all ugly now. It's that food that I had, but then it turned into something else a few days later. What goes in must come out. You know what I'm saying? So all of these are telling us that everything's going to end. The journey is almost over. Yeah, so he just keeps bashing on the dunya. He gives another example. He says, alright, you might have some hope in your children, your parents. How do they do stuff? How they do stuff for you here? How do they take care of stuff for you here? Yeah. He says, "All right, maybe someone thinks to themselves that okay, I'm gonna have that on the other side as well. Yeah, for them to take care of me." But he says, "Look, let me give you an example. In our terminology, I'm gonna use rest areas." He says, "What happens in rest areas? You drive in there, and let's just say it's like very, very. Uh, the weather outside is very bad. You're gonna be in that rest area for a couple hours, and people are sitting in there. I was in the library." Uh, a few months ago, and it was another tornado warning, right? Before this last one, this last one was crazy. The, it was no, it was two tornadoes ago, not not one tornado, it was two tornadoes ago. Because this last one was like a f- few weeks, a few months, a couple months ago. When was it? A month ago, maybe? Yeah, and then uh, the one before it just destroyed I 35 and Walnut and all that kind of stuff. The one before that, that one I'm talking about, okay? I was in the library. They told all of us to go into the restroom, <laughs> in the library. So we were there, I'm sitting there. And so 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, my phone battery ran out, that old phone that I had, may God bless its soul, that thing was old. And so I had nothing to do, I'm looking at everybody, everyone talking to each other, others on their phone and stuff. And so before you know it, we're like a little family after 15, 20 minutes. Right? And then I was like, man, I'm not going to stay in the restroom no more, let the tornado do what it's going to do. I got in my car and I left and just shed my Shahadatain as I was going <laughs> because it was bad, I mean the wind was bad, and I was like, I don't know this tornado seems like it's not too far away so, but the point I'm trying to make is that, it's an example of how you get together, and after that you don't know each other anymore you were in the rest area together, you were in the restroom together, the the, the bigger restroom, not a stall, okay people? And <laughs> in the restroom, and so after that, no one cares about each other. I don't care if the rest died in the tornado. I don't know. <laughs> not that I don't care. I'll get upset because my my tornado restroom family got hurt. But like, all in all, all in all, I don't even know. You know, I don't know. It's not that I don't care. I don't even know, right? Because that was a very temporary relationship that we had with each other. Ayatollah Jawad here, that's the example he uses. He says, the parents, the mother, father, all that stuff, this world is like a rest area. That's what it is. We just got together, we got to know each other, and then when we go, we don't know each other anymore. <laughs> That's what he says. It's scary, kind of. And I think, he doesn't say this, I think, I think maybe an explanation of why in the Akhirah, the Qur'an says, أخيه, That he runs away from his brother, a person, the day that a person runs away from his own brother, mother, father, all of that, and children, not because it's like, oh mom, dad, I got more important things to worry about, I got to worry about myself, so like I'm out of here. No, apparently, based on this example that Ayatollah Jawad is giving, this person doesn't even see that relationship anymore. The f- mother-father relationship, you're just like everybody else. It's not even there. That was for this dunya. And we have a verse for this, not about the relationship part, but all in all, that the people on that day will, what happens to them is, وَتَقَطَّعَتْ bihimul asbab. All the relationships, connections, cause and effect, causality between things, everything is lost over there. The Qur'an says this. And so this was something that just like clicked for me a little bit. And I was like, maybe this is what it is. That it, you run away. Not that you know it's your brother even that you're running away. You don't even know that's your brother anymore. Because that was something for this dunya, not for there. You see how, uh, how scary it gets? How weird and w- scarily weird it gets, I would say. And so he says, he says, that's why, he says, I think that the same way Imam Ali would say this every night when the Muslimin would you know, disperse after Salat al aisha that, that the masajid should write this up there, تجهزوا rahimakumullah اللَّهِ You're leaving the masjid? Good for you. But remember that you're, you've got to prepare for a journey. Don't forget what your purpose is um, in this life. <clears throat> Any questions before I end? No. Do you think if they wrote that at the he people would stop coming? <laughs> 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 We're beyond these things, sister. I mean, whether you're right or not, we still have to worry about whether people are going to come or not. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, brother. like, yeah, recognize. What about the people? I'm not saying the Quran says that. I'm saying maybe that's what it is. That's why they run away from each other. Because they don't even know that that's my actual brother in this dunya. He doesn't say it. I'm just concluding from what he said. Yeah. Of course, the ones who have taqwa. And once again, there's a very nice explanation to this that I keep. You guys keep pushing me in that direction. I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna leave it for course part two of my death course that I'm gonna prepare one day. That that the muttaqin will be an exception to this. And they will see things the way they really are others see things differently lots of things have to do with perception on the day of judgment according to tawaih, what he's implying in some of his works yeah not they won't have to they won't go through what others go through even that what asbab is talking about problematic people um, that, that, that's the context of the verse yeah Salawat. <laughs> of um.